Southwestern family of companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, our diversely and amazingly accomplished guests share their insights and inspirations to help us ignite our own. So let's invest attention together to breathe, to reflect and refocus, and decisively defeat that voice we call Mr. Mediocrity. Then let's enjoy moving forward to make a positive difference in our world. This episode is sponsored by Southwestern Speakers. Southwestern Speakers is comprised of top producing thought leaders, authors, and experts who deliver dynamic presentations that shift the hearts and minds of audiences worldwide. Our team of experienced agents can guide you to find the right speaker for your annual conferences, meetings, and events, providing outstanding service from start to finish. Southwestern Speakers goes above and beyond to elevate your event and offers additional programs to extend the impact of our speaker's presentation long after they have left the stage. We are excited to share our guest with you today. Gigi Butler, entrepreneur and founder of Gigi's Cupcakes, opened her first Gigi's Cupcakes location just off Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee in 2008. Gigi's Cupcakes is now the largest cupcake franchise in the world. With an entrepreneurial spirit that needed an outlet at the age of 15, Gigi opened her first business, Gigi's Cleaning Company, which she continued to grow once she moved from California to Nashville in 1994. She cleaned houses during the day and sang at downtown Nashville honky-tonks at night. After a decade of pursuing a career as an entertainer, the heartaches of the music industry hit home. Gigi's autobiography, The Secret Ingredient, Recipes for Success in Business and Life, was released in December 2018. Welcome to the Action Catalyst, and today we have Gigi Butler as our guest today. Welcome to the Action Catalyst, Gigi. Thank you so much for having me. What an honor. (laughs) Yeah, it's great seeing you again and excited to hear your story and share that with all of our listeners. And you have such a dynamic, interesting story. Uh, Would you mind taking us uh, as far back as you uh, would like to take us and walk us through your story of how you got to where you are today? Wow. Well, and let me do it within two minutes. Here we go. (laughs) I'll give you the two minute version. Uh, I was an entrepreneur at a very early age. I wanted to be a country music singer songwriter. And so at seven, I told my parents I was going to move to Nashville and be a music, be in the music industry. And they were completely shocked. But to get there, I had to work. So I had a cleaning business at 15. My dad was an entrepreneur and he was into so many different things. So I was raised as a person that just, you just go for it. You, 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 you're in the hair salon business. You're in a pot belly pig business. You're in an arcade business. And if you fail, you fail. You have a restaurant. Well, if it fails, it fails. So I was taught just to really not be afraid to fail, which most people don't aren't raised that way. So that was one really good, good thing in my favor. And so at 15, I started Gigi's cleaning company and I bought some mops and buckets and cleaning supplies and knocked on doors and started cleaning houses. 
to, for, that was not something that I was like, this is my dream. That was just something I wanted to do to get to what, to get to my dream, which was move to Nashville. <laughs> but you knocked door to door selling cleaning services. What was your sales approach when you knocked on somebody's door? Well, I, there was a, there was a place called Mayflower Gardens and it was in an assisted living place. It was a mile from my house yep. and I'd walk up there and I'd knock on these people's doors and I'd say, Hey, I can clean for you. And they got out. Well, hey, what do you mean? What are you going to do? I said, I can do anything. And they said, well, you're 15. What do you, I said, Hey, t- just give me a chance. I can clean. So I, my cleaning business really started in, in an assisted living place. Wow. And then I started doing construction cleaning because there was a big boom in the Antelope Valley where I was raised in California. And so I started bidding on homes, construction homes, blockbuster videos, International House of Pancakes, commercial cleaning. And I'd be this little 15, 16, 17-year-old girl walking up to these contractors going, hey, here's my bid. I, you know, I want to clean this. And they'd <laughs> laugh at me because I was way underbidding myself. And they knew it and taking advantage of me. But I still learned so many human skills by doing that because I learned how to negotiate at 15, 16, 17, 18. And did I negotiate well? No, of course I didn't. But I learned I learned how. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. As you know, Southwestern believes in door-to-door uh, direct selling model and you have been doing that for many years so we're, we're cut out of the same cloth Gigi. That's right Southwestern is that's so many successful people came from selling books for you all and I know about five people who sold for you who are extremely successful and just it's like you sold for Southwestern are you kidding me of course you did that's why you are who you are today. <laughs> <laughs> well, too bad we didn't find you in the early days because I think you would have made an incredible uh, door-to-door Southwestern bookwoman. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I would have loved to have done that. That would have been a good opportunity. Tell us a little bit about the journey after the cleaning business that led you to founding Gigi's Cupcakes, which became so wildly successful that it landed you onto uh, Undercover Boss. And what was the journey of going from the cleaning business to being on the hit TV show on CBS, Undercover Boss? I think from from going and cleaning cleaning toilets, I've had I've had to be able to negotiate with people, be in very successful people's homes. I cleaned for Taylor Swift and Eliane Rhymes and tons of music people and very successful business people. So even though I was cleaning in their homes, I was learning so much about how to be successful or how to negotiate or how to negotiate this deal. And so while I was cleaning, I was learning so many things because I was in the midst of all these successful people learning about how important it is to brand yourself, what your, what your shtick is. That's what they call it in the music industry. You've got to have a shtick. Right. So going from that and then hiring, hiring women to work for me and having to negotiate homes and people and manage people. And I mean, that that taught me a lot about learning to manage and multitask. I think being a person that can multitask and can see see something in a room that you know you've got to get this done, this done, this done, this done, that's a successful person. A lot of people can't do that. So cleaning taught me that. 
And once I started my cleaning business and I stopped music, I stopped music at about 29. Uh, I was almost 30. Um, the catalyst, the whole epiphany of that was I was in Taylor Swift's uh, bathroom, cleaning her bathroom. And what she, does Taylor Swift's bathroom look like? It was fabulous. And she had a gold, um, <laughs> a gold toilet. No, she did. Uh, <laughs> I actually did for someone that did have a gold toilet. Uh, Roy Orbison's daughter had, I cleaned for her, had a literally gold toilet. Hilarious. Oh but, my gosh, that's amazing. I know, I don't know. <laughs> so I was sitting there cleaning her bathroom and she's sitting on her bed practicing guitar. She's 15, I'm 29. And she practiced a song, a song that she wrote called Teardrops on My Guitar. And I'm cleaning her toilet and I'm looking at her. I said, did you write that song? She said, yeah. I said, are, are you kidding me? She, that's fantastic. She was, well, like, hello, you know, Taylor Swift. <laughs> and uh, she's like, well, yeah, that's going to be on my new album. And, I'm, and I thought, I'm 29 cleaning that kid's toilet. I'm done. So that was my epiphany of it's time to move forward and find a new dream. Was that an easy thing to do? Absolutely the hardest thing I've ever had to do was to let go of the dream that I've had since I was seven. I felt like a loser, felt like I was completely, did no lost in the world. But rebuilding yourself is the key to success. And I don't think people understand that once a dream dies, you can truly rebuild yourself and recreate yourself. And that's what it's all about. So recreated, have hired people to help me clean, expanded my cleaning business, read books about how to be a better person, how to be a better business person, how to do what you need to do to become successful. And then per chance, I was open once again to a dream. My brother went to New York City and stood in line at a cupcake shop for two hours. And while he was, he was eating a red velvet cupcake in, in uh, Nashville, in uh, Central Park, he called me. I was cleaning another toilet, another, another, another bathroom. All my epiphanies happened in a bathroom, by the way. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's like, hey, I, I just stood in line at a cupcake shop for two hours in New York City. You should open a cupcake shop in Nashville. I was like, what? He goes, your cupcakes are better than theirs. And I thought, you know what? Why not? So that's where it all began. And I said, okay, I had my pink cleaning gloves on. I looked in the mirror and I'm like, why not recreate myself? What do I have to lose? I have one life. So I went to four banks. They all laughed in my face. Cupcakes, are you out of your mind? You're just going to sell cupcakes in a store. Uh-huh. It's going to work. You're No, get out. Get. Um, so I took $100,000 cash advances on my credit cards and I went for it. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yep. And it sounds like that you, instead of chasing a dream, your dream found you. And it's funny how sometimes that works where plans plans that you didn't expect uh, ends up, a door opens out of the blue and it sounds like you walk through the door. Right. And I think that's such a great thing that you just said. You have, you better coin that phrase because that was fantastic <laughs> because dreams and opportunities find you. Most people, 90%, 99% of all people 
they are not open to it. Mm-hmm. They don't say yes. They're afraid. They don't think they can do it. They don't like themselves. Whatever the reason is, but exactly what you said is opportunities come, new adventures come, but people are too afraid to say, why not? Yep. Good thing you listened to your brother with him opening that door and that idea that it takes listening to make that happen. It does. It does. That was that very good. That very (laughs) wise of you to say that. I love that. I will never forget that you said that. (laughs) (laughs) So you, you, uh, and talk about also having faith, uh, in and belief in yourself and your belief in your vision of what this could be, you know, after having to put this on a credit card, for all the entrepreneurs listening, they, they're probably nodding their heads going, okay, if she did this, I can do this too, where, uh, you know, starting a business is very difficult. It's it's probably one of the most challenging things you can do when you start from a flat rock. And so what were those early days like where you're putting the business expenses on a credit card, you're building the business? What was the first thing that caused you to get traction uh, at Southwestern, we call it creating a track to run on. What was it for you where you realized, okay, I'm creating a track to run on here and I can see how this can scale? Well, I think that I had so many opposition while I was building the building. Uh, I, the grease trap was too big. I almost, I had bribed the grease trap guy to with cupcakes, literally, to just you know have a 15 gallon grease trap, not a 50 gallon, you know that type of thing. And once I got opened, and I had all of that opposition, and I had 33 dollars left to my name, literally opened my doors with 33 dollars. Everyone's like, "What's your marketing plan?" I'm like, "I don't know. What's that? I have 33 bucks. I don't know how I'm going to pay my mortgage. You know, I don't know what a marketing plan is." <laughs> uh, but I think when traction happened for me was when I opened my doors, people just started coming in. I sold a couple hundred cupcakes a day, which I never thought I would do that. Then a couple 300 a day, and then then the next day, and lines started to form. And the day it really hit for me that I thought, wow, I have something special. It was about three months into it. I hadn't made a menu. I hadn't created, I just thought, oh, let's bake this today. Let's, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. And there was a line and I was in the line and hope, help, you know, helping this, helping all the people. And this lady walked up to me and she said, I've driven from, I've driven from Dixon, Tennessee. I've waited in line for 10 minutes. I want six of your scarlet red velvet cupcakes. Give them to me now. Like, I mean, she was like, I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't make those today. And she's like, what? I mean, she literally freaked out. She started cussing at me, yelling at me. And my little girls from Belmont are like, oh, you know, they're crying in the corner. And I'm everyone. I mean, it was just I'm like, are you going to bring a gun out? What's happening here? I finally said, you know, I'm so sorry. Let me let me I appeased her. But instead of going in the back of the kitchen and crying like, oh, she hurt my feelings. I was like, hold on. Someone is cussing at me over a cupcake. Are you kidding me? This is fantastic. Like, this is where my traction began. And that lady cussing me out and being so mad really helped me create a franchise. Mm. And because she helped me create a system because people demanded a menu. They demanded on consistency. They demanded on what 
I needed to be doing to be a better business person. So that night I went home and I typed out a menu so everyone could see it. I printed out menus. I had it on my website because people want consistency. They want to walk into Chick-fil-A and they want want the same chicken nuggets they can get in Omaha, Nebraska or California. They want that consistency. So that lady cussing me out, that was the traction that really, and the catalyst that really moved me forward to the business person I needed it to be. Wow. Well, uh, that also is the, the Hebrew definition of work is filling a need in society. And the best businesses in the world are filling a need, listening to your customers. And what another great example of you listening and filling the need in society and using that as the opportunity to grow. Uh, that is tremendous. Well, that is a what's an, another great quote, quote from you. Yes, <laughs> filling a need. And most people don't fill that need. But I think I learned that from cleaning because I had so many picky people. I mean, if you have a gold toilet, you're picky. I'm sorry. You know what? <laughs> you're picky. So I learned how to fill a need very early at a very early age. So That's great. So now uh, your epiphany happens. You realize, okay, I have something here that can grow nationwide. What was the peak for you? How many franchises did you have? And take us to the, the pinnacle of the franchise world. And what, what was that like for you? Well, my landlord, who laughed in my face when I first said I wanted that store, um, after you know months of badgering him, he finally gave me a chance. He had franchise experience. And so after the lines out the door, a couple months later, he's like, you should franchise this concept. And I was like, what's a franchise? <laughs> so I'm an avid reader. So I started reading about it. And I'm like, how can I scale myself? I know cupcakes aren't going to be at the peak forever. I know that I don't have any capital to do company stores. So franchising was the thing for me. I don't recommend it for anybody, for everybody, but it's what I had to do at the time. And so we opened Gigi's Franchising three months after I opened with $26,000 because I was still cleaning. I still had my cleaning business. You still had your cleaning business when you started your franchise. I stopped wow. cleaning houses after we had 13 Gigi's Cupcake stores open. Wow. Now there's another great lesson for everybody listening as well. That's, that's amazing. Well, it was my baby. It was my, you know, it's hard to let go. And what I tell everybody and what has been the hardest thing for me in my life is let go to grow. And you have to let go to grow. And that has been the hardest lesson for me to do. But you have to do it to grow. So then you had 13 stores and what did it end up growing to? Well, we took it from 13 stores to 120 stores in 24 states. Or wow. 100, 120 stores in 24 states. In literally, like it, the first year, 2008, I opened February 21st, 2008, almost my 12-year anniversary. And from there, at the end of 2009, we had 12 stores open. The end of 2010, we had 33 stores open. The end of 2011, which I had a baby in between as a single mother, let's not, that's a whole other podcast, doing <laughs> all on my own. We had 65 stores open. I went from a house cleaner to a CEO of a company grossing all this money, literally within five years. It was, it was the most bizarre 
experience of my life, but wow. the best, but the best. And then that's when undercover boss came to us and said, we want you on here. And I said, no way. We're too small. I mean, no, everyone, my face is on the everywhere. My voice is on the radio in the stores. No, I, no, I can't do it. And what people don't know is that you have to pay all those prizes. You pay the prize money. And so that $280,000 that we paid, that's a lot for a small company. So we said no for the first, and then six months later, they came back and said, nope, we want you. You got to be on it. So that was the fourth hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. No, third hardest thing. So <laughs> what, what was hard about it? Well, <laughs> I'm not an actress. Uh, everyone knows my face. I had to pretend to not be me. I had to listen to lots of criticism. I had to listen to lots of passionate people that love the brand that I grew. And we grew so fast. When I got off the road, I found out that we are consistently inconsistent because mm. we just grew too fast. So we really worked on that. When we finished Undercover Boss, that was our goal, was to become a consistent company and to really do what we needed to do to be successful. Wow. Well, it sounds like a, a learning lesson too. You know, it seems like uh, when one day in the field is worth a thousand meetings. And when you're in the field, you see those things. And, and so did you find yourself going back to the field after Undercover Boss to continue to, to see if those changes were happening? Oh, I was in the field all the time. We just grew so fast. I couldn't be in every store all the time, but because operations really is my, it's my, it's, it's what I do best. Mm -hmm. So operations is, is my thing, but I can't operate 120 stores and make sure things are going the way they're supposed to go. So we had to hire the right people that knew exactly what my desire was and what our vision was as a company to get that in order. So yes, we hired the right people to do it. That's great. Going in the field is, I, I, yes, I love going in the field. I still go into the original cupcake. I'm going in today, actually, at Frost, and, and uh, I love that. That's my favorite thing. Oh, that's amazing. I, I love being in the trenches with the team and rolling your up attitude. And your, your attitude is so contagious. Your uh, enthusiasm, you're, you're one of the most dynamic keynote speakers that I've seen as well. Tell us a little bit about being part of the Southwestern Speaker Group and what your speeches are about for anybody that's booking keynote speakers on a on a in, on any level, national scale or a local scale. What would people expect to see if they were to have you as a keynote speaker with Southwestern Speakers? Well, it's an honor to be on your team. By the way, I love it. Your your team is wonderful, and I think the best thing that people can get out of when I speak, I don't think people understand. I've heard a few people say, you know, I just thought you were a cupcake lady. When you got on stage, I just thought you were just this little cupcake lady that had a silver spoon in her mouth and, you know, just did this little cupcake business. I think people are shocked at how hard I've had to work and how, how, <laughs> how many hard knocks I've had and how, I have to tell people that fear cannot be something that stops you. Fear has to be your motivator. 
It can't be your obstacle. You have to learn somehow. Everyone has to have to learn a different way to get around fear, to move, to blast fear, but you cannot use fear to stop you. And so when I speak, I talk about how to get around fear and do it anyways. And be in the why not instead of what if, what if. The worst thing in the world for me is if I'm 90 years old and I'm sitting on my porch, hopefully, God willing, I get there. And I sit there and I go, what, what if, what if I would have tried? I'm going to be that person that says, why not? Why not? And if people understand that they could have this why not attitude, then it opens up a whole new life for people. And people are so afraid to just break out of their shell that they're in, this shell of fear and worry and insecurity. And we're all insecure. I, I, I don't care who you are. You've got insecurities. But you have to learn how to use those to make life better and make, make the world around you better. Wow. I love that, Gigi. Overcoming fear and conquering the what if mindset with the why not mindset. That is powerful. Right. And, and most people were, well, we don't want to hire a woman as a keynote speaker. Well, I'm a C, I was a CEO. Why not? Or we don't want to hire. Well, I'm a baker. Why not? <laughs> well, God, I could clean your house. Why not? <laughs> you know what's amazing, Gigi? We're finding the trends in the last few years. Actually, most people want a female, powerful woman speaker. So uh, we're finding that that there's a lot of people out there that would be very interested in in having you as their speaker. I'm sure there's going to be listeners today that are going to respond to this saying, that is what my team needs right there. So love it. I would be honored. And it's just such a wonderful thing. The best thing I'm a people person and I love to be able to hug people and touch people and tell people that they can do it. And so many people come up to me and say, you know what, if you could do it, I can do it. And I'm like, exactly. You can do it. (laughs) We're all gifted in other ways. So, and I don't want People also to think that I'm this hard, well, you know, businesswoman that, you know, I can bring home the bacon, but I can also fry it up in the pan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To be soft and kind and be a homemaker and love your kids and love life and, you know, just have a good life. I love it. I love it. So Gigi, tell us what is next for you. What, what's the next chapter of your life? Well, I've written the book and I love public speaking and I travel across the country doing that. I have come to a decision and it's been very bittersweet, but I have decided to step down from the face of Gigi's and I'm selling my original store and it closes on March 1st. And they will, there will be a new Gigi's Cupcakes in Nashville, but I will not be at the helm of that. I am wanting to do a new venture, and it's been in my heart for a long time, and I've wanted to whip something up new, and it's just time. And we were talking about the hardest thing to do is let go so you can grow. And I've been led to just let go, which has been so painful because it's my baby. And I have been 
so honored to be able to come into people's homes all across the country with weddings and birthday parties and celebrations. And it's been an honor and I've loved it, but it's time to let go so the brand can do what the brand needs to do. And I need to grow again. So I am starting a new venture and hopefully in the next couple months, it will uh, be open. I'm starting from scratch again, and it's called Pies by Gigi. And I love baking, baking, any type of baking is my love, cupcakes, but pies are my true love. And so now I get to really do my true love in pies. So I'm excited. I'm scared. I'm going to banks again. They're laughing in my face. I mean, it's like, I'm reliving my last 12 years. What's happening? I bet they're laughing a little bit less this time. Uh, They are laughing a little bit less. Yes, (laughs) they are. But it's still just as scary. And I'm losing my identity of who am I now? If I'm not going to be Gigi, who am I? So it's been extremely painful. And it's been a hard time been a hard process of letting go. So, Gigi, let me let me make sure I'm hearing this right. Are you, is this the official announcement? Is this the first time people are hearing this announcement? So, ladies and gentlemen, this is an official announcement by Gigi Butler. Yes, this is the official announcement that Gigi Butler is uh, leaving the building. <laughs> And, and and starting a new exciting business and, and the name of the business one more time for the listeners to write down. Pies by Gigi. And it will be pies, savory pies and quiches and baked goods. And it's something that I've always wanted to do and that I love. And I will always love Gigi's Cupcakes because it's my first baby. And it will always be a part of my heart. And it's, it's extremely bittersweet. I just need to grow. Well, our HR, Vice President of HR, brought a box of Gigi cupcakes for a team of ours to eat yesterday. And every person ate one and to every single person said, this is the best cupcake I've ever had in my entire life. And I have no doubt your pies are going to be the same quality as your cupcakes. And so I cannot wait to try one of Gigi's pies. Thank you very much. The secret ingredient of that is always love. Love was in those cupcakes and love will be in those pies. Oh, that is awesome. I can't wait to try one. Well, how could people connect with you? If they, if they want to hear more, they want to book you as a speaker, what's the best way to get connected, learn more about your story, and then also uh, for anything that they might be interested in to connect with you? All social, my social media is official, Gigi Butler. On Instagram, official Gigi Butler, you can just type in Gigi Butler, it'll come up. On my Twitter, it's Gigi Butler. I have ggbutler.com, G-I-G-I-B-U-T-L-E-R.com. And they can get your book there. Uh, What's the name of your book if they were searching for that? The book is called The Secret Ingredient. And you could get my book, a signed copy through my website, or it's on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. And I would love to sign a copy for you. And I would love to meet people. I think the the best thing about it is meeting people and connecting because that's what life's about. I love it. The secret ingredient. I'm going to have to get me a a signed copy of that and uh, read it. I'd love that. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Gigi. You are such a, a dynamic, energetic, enthusiastic entrepreneur 
your success story has inspired me and I'm sure is inspiring all of our listeners here on the Action Catalyst. We really appreciate you being on and looking forward to the next time that I see you. Thank you so much. Me too. Have a great day. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. To stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. Thanks for listening.